Welcome to Late of the Rings, a podcast dedicated to Lord of the Rings, the card game. My name's John, and here's my co-host. He definitely does have a memory of this place. It's my good friend, Emery. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello, sir. Well, here we are, and here we are again. Now, the listener will probably be expecting me to say, here we are, we're back again at last. But no, here we are again, because this is, count them, our third attempt at recording this podcast. It is all good things coming threes. <laughs> do they? They don't, do they? I don't know why people say that. But that's taking the positive attitude towards this debacle <sighs> and hoping that three is the magic number. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we have been... Uh away from your ears for quite some time and we do apologize for that but it is not for a want of trying we actually attempted to record this podcast i think just after christmas was the first (laughs) our first attempt oh yeah i remember christmas (laughs) um and through well no fault of our own a series of technical gremlins and i mean we i mean we've also had to deal with uh, uh lockdowns and things like that but mostly it's been the gremlins and, and uh, they have been vicious. They have halted our progress slightly. So, as you say, third time's a charm. Now, <laughs> we have recorded a lot of this show already. So, we'll hopefully still try and be as spontaneous as possible when we discuss the cards later on. But please, dear listener, bear with us. If we do sound a little bit like we've heard each other's opinions before, it's because we have. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, I have the memory of a sieve. So this will be complete. Like that one out of Finding Nemo. Can you remember the name of that one out of Finding Nemo? No. Yeah. Story checks out. Therefore. Oh, I can. It's. Oh, Dora? (laughs) Nora. It's for goldfish, anyway. I don't it's think it is. Like I don't even think its colour is gold. Oh. I think it's blue. God, I don't know. Oh, look, I saw it once. I saw it once. It was a long time ago. Um, Nori. Nori. Because it wasn't a sequel called Finding Nori. No. Dory. Dory. Finding... It oh, God. Sounds none of, like none of these words make sense to me anymore. No, it sounds like you're naming dwarfs from The Hobbit. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, sir, so how have you been? I mean, we can pretend we haven't seen each other for two months, but let's just put it down to like the last couple of weeks between our latest recording and now. What have you been up to? Yes. Seen each other over Skype calls, we should say, not in person. We are not in breach of any any quarantine rules or lockdown rules. I'd just like to point out, we're very responsible citizens. Um, Well... Since we last recorded, a whole bunch has happened. But since we last spoke, <laughs> I mean, the first time we recorded this, we recounted tales of Christmas, like a strange Christmas. It was a very weird Christmas this year, but I think we've probably too far gone past that. So, oh, I can't really remember. It was so long ago, frankly. I, personally, I'm looking forward to the next Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we're already <laughs> 20% of the way there. But um, yeah, so what? So since we last spoke, uh, God, what have I been up to? <laughs> so, well, again, usual coronavirus update thing. We're in full lockdown still. We have been over here since 
well since they ridiculously lifted it just before Christmas and then went back into it just before Christmas happened. So, so, so yeah, it was ridiculous. So it ended up being a lockdown over Christmas when the whole idea was to try and go lockdown before so you could open up for Christmas so everyone could see each other. Anyway, that's that. Let's say no more of it. Um, what have I been up to since we last spoke? Well, um, well, one thing I have done is they had a a little advert, was it an advert or just a cast list or something for a potential series of The Sandman? Oh, yeah. No, I've seen I've, I've seen it. Well, you sent it to me. Uh, you first of all sent this to me and I thought it was just a joke. <laughs> but, I, you know, it's definitely happening. It's, it's Netflix. Yeah. So, and when Netflix say they're going to do it, they're going to do it. So you thought, because just how I thought the Obi-Wan Kenobi series was a joke, <laughs> you thought this was a joke. And I, actually, I didn't know anything about it either until I saw that. But what it did inspire me to do was to go back and read it. And for anyone who doesn't know, it was um, a comic which came out, I think, what, late 80s to mid 90s. It was run, yeah. was something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'm not a particularly big comic guy. I was, I had some comics I was into when I was, I guess, a teenager. And my, my dad had some comics and stuff, so went through a little phase back then. But there were a handful that really kind of stuck out, and the Sandman was, was one of them. But we never had the full set when I was a kid. I think we just had, I think there's a few volumes. We had the first couple of volumes. Um, so anyway, I thought, well, I'll give that another go. So re- refresh the memory before it all gets ruined by potential. <laughs> before you Netflix know, drags it into the gutter. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I got pretty much hooked on it. And I read the whole thing in about the space of two weeks. Oh. Well, yeah, it could do that. I mean, it's just a masterpiece of uh, of comic book storytelling. It, it's a stunning work. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Like, really, uh, yeah, an incredible piece. I, I just love the whole concept of it. I guess, for anyone who doesn't know, the premise is basically um, the personification of certain prime forces, one of them being Dream, who is the Sandman, who's the main character of, of, of it, and some kind of things that happens to him which kind of make him go on a bit of a journey and it's it's just i know that sounds kind of crazy when you say that but it's oh it's just it's it's brilliant and so i spent a lot of time reading that over the last couple of weeks and yeah it's been a real journey i'd say fantastic no i love it i mean you know i love the sandman and i I have all the comics on my shelf and um yeah actually hearing you talk about it now is just inspiring me to pick it up and and read it through again and like you say maybe a little refresher before we see what uh what netflix do to it yeah oh the reason i mentioned it is i know you're such a huge fan john much more so than i am or you know i I remember seeing the volumes of it on your (laughs) on your shelf there in your bookcase um and so after having read it and then looking back upon that sort of cast list you just think and we've had this conversation before. There's no need to have have it again. But again, this is so going to be one of those things where you have this amazing work in this particular form, which is a comic book, and you're just not going to better that. Yeah, it, it, you, there's no way it's possible. I think to make something as impacting as it was in the comic book in on the film. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I I do try to not be too skeptical about these things and i also try not to get too attached to it because like you say i do love sandman and if if it was my younger self i would be absolutely outraged but i am trying yeah, to be a yes. little a little <laughs> bit more mellow about these things these days and realize that actually well it doesn't really matter if it's good or bad it would be nice if it was good 
But, you know, we, yeah. we, we can but hope. I mean, they, they are doing some incredible TV shows these days. And a lot of these works are being treated with a lot of uh, a lot of love and a lot of respect. So we can but hope. I don't know who's behind actually making it. Because, I mean, I know it, it won't be Neil Gaiman. He might get an executive producer credit and obviously a writing credit. But I don't think he'll be involved in the actual making of the show. I honestly have no idea. I literally just saw that cast. There was like a little picture, wasn't it? Just like yeah. the, the main kind of... Yeah, I thought, you'd pho- I thought you'd photoshopped it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my dream cast. <laughs> nice pun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, I- I'm with you as well. So I-, I would be outraged and pretty- I don't think I don't think it's necessarily a case of getting older, or maybe it is a little bit, but I think it's... I think it's just going to happen to everything, isn't it? So you can spend your entire life being stressed and outraged, or you just have to say, you know what? You can't, it's a fight you're not going to win. They are going to make these things. They're not going to be as you imagine. And so just let it go. Just let it go. I think that's worse than blaming it on getting older. You're sort of blaming it on just lethargy. Oh, what's the point? It's it's, it's, the the tide. Hey, you know, I fought for good fights for for many a year. I'm not a fan of remakes. I'm not a fan of sequels for no reason and overly adapting stuff. But I think that fight was I think that fight was lost a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this trailer for Coming to America 2 as well. <laughs> Another seminal work from the late eighties. Yeah. And I mean that seriously. Yeah, that's I mean, obviously yeah, yeah. was one of my favourite ever movies of not just comedy films, one of my ever favourite ever films. Yeah you know it's going to be the same kind of thing isn't it you're just going to have to forgive it it's not going to be the same it won't be as good but you know just don't take it too seriously and go with it a bit like the bill and ted one i guess yeah absolutely yeah yeah enjoy it for what it is and if it's good great and if it's not doesn't matter still got the original exactly (laughs) he says with a slight tear in his (laughs) (laughs) eye. oh and speaking of great tv the other thing i saw not sure if you've seen this um I watched The Queen's Gambit, which came out a few months ago. Have oh, yeah, you seen that? That's about the board game. Yeah, the board game, yeah. Cluedo. <laughs> Cluedo World Championship. <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, so it's, a, it's an account of a of a girl who plays, who's amazing at chess, and it's her kind of story. And it's, oh, yeah, it was really fantastic TV, actually. I was really surprised um, how good that was. It's a true story. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I don't think so. It might be. I don't know. I never checked, actually. I thought it was... I, I Well, I, I have no idea. I, I, I just assumed it was a... Um, a work of fiction. A girl playing chess? Yeah, yes. Outrageous. <laughs> actually, there's... Um, you ever read the book called Bounce? No, by no, no. Thingy Syed. There's a bit in there about um, this guy. Long story short, there's this guy. I think it was he was Polish or Hungarian or something like this. And he didn't believe in natural talent. He f- believed that everything was trained okay. from a young age, yeah, like yeah, yeah. proper training. So he decided... Everything he was would, nurture over nature. Everything was nurture over nature, essentially. And he had three daughters. This is back in the 50s or the 60s, I think. And he decided that he will prove this point by making them amazing at something. And he decided on chess. And... The reason he decided on chess was he had no family history of playing it. He'd never really played it, just knew the basic rules, you know, like, like most of us, I guess. And he thought it was a game which didn't really involve luck. It was just pure skill. Yeah, absolutely. And his three daughters became, I think, the f- 
at the time, the three highest ranked female players ever at that point. Um, and I think one of the daughters was the only one to beat a, a male grandmaster at that time as yeah. well, which was like a real big deal. But anyway, I, I don't remember reading about this person who the Queen's Gambit is based on and that story. I'm sure that would have cropped up. And yeah. that's why I kind of assumed it was maybe fiction because it was based around the same time. And maybe that story was part inspiration. I have no idea. I'm just making this up. <laughs> You would have got a mention in that story. Very confident. Well, I'm confident I read that book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the nicest chess. um, So you talk about the grandmasters there, and one of the one of the one of the. I'm. You're going to wonder where this is going. I'm a big fan of Darren Brown. Now uh, I know. know Can I just can I just say something? Yes. Neil Gaiman, who wrote The Sandman. Yes. And Darren Brown both went to my school. Ah, so they had good teachers at your school then. <laughs> the very the good days. <laughs> I came later. <laughs> it was a steady downhill slide. <laughs> um, and, and Darren Brown, I don't know how internationally known Darren Brown is, uh, but I know our UK listeners will definitely know who he is. But he is a well, he's a sensational sort of. Um, well, he. Nowadays, he studies the psychology of human beings and how we can be manipulated into doing things that we wouldn't expect us to. I mean, he started out as as pretty much well. He started out as a close up magician, actually, um, an illusionist. He called himself. Didn't yeah, he? but well, no, but really, really started out as a close up magician in restaurants in Bristol, um, which is where oh, I'm did from. He? Yeah, so uh, in, he went to university in Bristol. Um, and not the same university I did, but uh, <laughs> we haven't got that many connections. Um, Darren Brown is our connection. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he started out doing close-up magic. I think in restaurants there, and I think that's where he cut his teeth. And then he moved into, like, say, illusionist. Bad, and, and then... bad restaurant. Then <laughs> did he see? <laughs> Um, and then he sort of worked in like hypnotism and more than hypnotism like the power of suggestion and and he's always been fascinated by this and about um what we can basically tell our brains to do and that's what he does now he does a lot of things where he in he likes to study human nature and how far he can push the limits of someone when they're put in under extreme stress and I find it fascinating. But that aside, that's what he's doing now. But quite a few years ago, when he was doing more of his sort of more entertainment TV shows, he did a thing where he said that he could bring together um, 11, I believe it was 11, but let's, let's, let's say that for the sake of argument, 11 grandmasters in chess. And he would play them all. You know when people play chess with them all in a circle and he goes from player to player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Bart Simpson. Yeah, like Bart Simpson. <laughs> hey, look, look, Dad, that kid's playing eight chess games at the same time. And then, and then all, all in a row, all his opponents go, checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't happen. <laughs> so he, he he takes it on and, and then he, and he says, I'll play them. Because I, I, I'm not, I can play chess, but I'm not, I'm certainly nowhere near a grandmaster. But I reckon I can beat over 50% of the tables and that's why it was it was an odd number of uh right it was an odd number of players so that he could he it wouldn't be just a 50 50 split um so he could pick out the weak one <laughs> but he did it and he beat six of the 11 players 
And, but he, That's incredible. He did reveal how he did it. And this is why I love this guy. Because when he explains it, it's so simple. For 10 of them... He, he drugged six of them. <laughs> for 10 of them, he would make a move on one player's board. Oh, my God. He copied. And when they made the opposite move, he would make that move <laughs> on the next player's board. Oh, my God. So he basically had... That's ingenious. All the chess players playing each other. Yeah. <laughs> That is genius. Isn't it? That is so ingenious. Oh my God. <laughs> so all the players are playing each other apart from one, which he did beat. And of course, that's that's the magic show. Yeah, because I was going to say, because that would be a draw. At some point, he has to still win one, doesn't yeah. he? God, that's crazy. And that's the bit which makes you go, well, one, Ooh. that's very clever to get them playing each other. And I wish I would think of that. And yeah. two, he still managed to beat one. Yeah, how did you do that bit? <laughs> and that's the genius. I believe the uh, player he beat was an old school chum of his, Emre. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty good at chess when I was a kid, but I stopped playing when I was like 10. <laughs> Should have carried on. That's quite inspiring. I think when you. There is something about chess, isn't there? Um. It's because there's there's no dice or there's no random element to it. No, it's it's pure it's skill. Pure, it's pure it's brain pure power. Game. Yeah, amazing. That's that's incredible. I'll have to. I've, I've seen a few of his. That one of his specials. I'll have to dig that one out. I think. Oh goodness knows. Yeah. I mean, he's made a yeah. lot of TV. He has. Yeah. His on oh, his his father was somebody called Bobby Brown. <laughs> he was called Bobby Brown, and he used to teach swimming <laughs> in his speedos. And he, he's a lovely guy. He had a bit of a belly on him, quite a large belly. And with his like 70s speedos, it did make him look like he was naked. And and he used to smoke cigars. So there's always this, this smell of chlorine and cigars, this weird cocktail. I wasn't good at swimming. I don't think the conditions are right. Anyway. Flashback. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. Okay. That's... <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, John, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, no, I, well, I, I, I'll keep it brief because uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I don't know where I'm brief. going. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how I can follow that. Um, keep but, it brief. <laughs> oh, I tell you what I did do. You'll appreciate this. <laughs> I accidentally cancelled Disney Plus. <laughs> the thing I've been meaning to do on purpose for the entire duration of this podcast. Correct. <laughs> How did you manage it? <laughs> I can't imagine it's easy. They make it easy for you to accidentally do it. Are you sure? Yes. Are you really sure? Yes. <laughs> so, um, out of... Um, not really out of necessity, much more out of boredom, I've decided to change bank accounts. You know, lockdown will make you take up weird hobbies. <laughs> so I've been transferring all my uh, all my direct debits and all my uh, payments out for all, all these various things into the, uh, into the new bank account. And everything's going swimmingly. So, I mean, mostly all you have to do is log in to whatever service it is change your bank number it's that simple 
I went into Disney Plus, went, all right, do that, do that. It crashed just as I was doing it. <laughs> how convenient for Disney. Well, no, how very well, no, inconvenient for Disney. Yeah. Because, so, I, I, sabotage. I, so I contacted them and I said, well, you know, I'm just trying to change bank account. And they went, um, well, your account is closing at the end of February. So you could just reapply with your new bank account. And I went, oh, we'll see about that. <laughs> so so now, as the time ticks away, I'm desperately trying to watch all the Marvel films. <laughs> and all the, see, now that there's a time limit on it, I'm watching everything they've got to offer. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm re-watching all the Clone Wars episodes, which you know I'm a big fan of those. So I'm, I've almost completed watching, uh, watching all the Clone Wars again. And then... When it gets to the end of February and my account just runs out, I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit on it and I'm gonna gloat. You're gonna let it let it glide away. You've missed a perfect opportunity for a Disney pun there, where you could have said you're just gonna let it go. You know what? I think my subconscious refused to let that into my mind. <laughs> Do you know what I was actually thinking of? And I couldn't quite make the connection in words. Was Mary Poppins flying off of her umbrella at the end? Mm. Be like, I was trying to think of how can you <laughs> you be Mary Poppins? I can. I was, you know, that's, there were too many bridges to cross to get there. <laughs> so, um, what is your um, bank number? <laughs> no, I'm no Darren Brown, am I? No, no. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so I don't know about. I mean. <laughs> It sounds like we're very anti-Disney on this because you're trying to cancel and I've accidentally cancelled. I'm absolutely not. And I'm actually enjoying watching the Marvel films and I'm actually enjoying re-watching Clone Wars. But I do think I might <laughs> not uh, re-subscribe until something comes along that I want to watch. You know, it'll probably be another Star Wars series, to be honest. But um, yeah. Are there, there... Any, are, there, are there any in the pipeline? <laughs> uh, not that I've read. <laughs> oh, God, that was mental. Was that over Christmas? Well, they just announced that they're doing like oh yeah, fourteen series, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Jeez, I don't, I don't know how we're going to keep up with all of that. It's just it's too much. It's like, yeah, oh well. D- Disney do the same with Star- are now doing the same with Star Wars as they did with Marvel. It's like if we just release everything, then as long as sixty percent, it's like Darren Brown in the chess. I'm going to beat 60%. If 60% are good, you'll forgive us the 40% which are rubbish. Do you know what it smacks of to me? It's like... You're, Capitalism? You're, <laughs> well, that too. That you're playing poker with somebody who's, you know, okay or whatever. I'm, I'm not good at poker. I know you are, but I'm, I'm, I'm not good. But So this could be me. But somebody who's... They've won a bit, they've lost a bit, they're a little bit down, and then suddenly out of nowhere just go... All in. <laughs> it's just, they've gone all in on the Star Wars thing, haven't they? Yeah. This is it. It's like, is either going to take off or is just the whole thing's going to crash and burn? I don't think it's really a gamble to see if Star Wars is going to take off. <laughs> oh, they've done their best, haven't they? Well, this, this is another podcast. This is another podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've done their best to try and ruin it. And yet it yeah. still seems pretty popular. Yeah. There is a strong core there, isn't there, which is going to be hard to, you know, you'd really have to go for it to get rid of all of those fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to make some pretty bad movies as proven. 
yeah. <laughs> to shake off the hardcore fans. To go, actually, I tell you what, yeah. I'll just give this one a miss. That's not going to happen. No, oh god, I'll have to get rid of Disney. I have to get rid of it. To, I, oh my god, I have to do it. <laughs> I haven't watched anything on there for ages. Um, oh, but there it is. It's still there. <laughs> I'm such a sucker. Can't believe it. <laughs> right. Shall we attempt to make this podcast again? Oh, yeah. Podcast. Let's do that. Okay. So, today, as ever, it seems, <laughs> is a non-spoilery episode where we'll be looking at some player cards. It will come as no surprise to you. And the player cards we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at all the leadership cards from the first cycle, from the Shadows of Mirkwood cycle. Um, apart from the heroes, which we've already covered. So it's um, 12 cards in total. And I tell you what, we we always start with the allies and move to attachments and then into events. And I'm fine with that order normally, but because this is now our third time round, dare we mix it up a bit just to, just to keep ourselves entertained? You know, in the early days, we did mix it up a bit anyway. So I think we should. And how should we go random? Shall we go completely crazy random, or shall I shuffle? Shall I shuffle the cards? Yes, come on, let's put a bit of jeopardy. Let's put a bit of jeopardy into our lives, and also maybe just a, a smattering of excitement. This is the very opposite of chess. Hundred <laughs> percent random. Yep, it's in the lap of the gods. You know what's going to happen? We're going to have allies come out first. Yeah, no, I was going to say you're going to somehow you're going to pull out sneak attack and Gandalf, even though they're not in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've made a pile of. I've got the cards in my hand here. Okay, going to place them face down on the table. Okay, I'm going to reveal the first one, John. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I might shuffle them again. <laughs> it's an ally. We can't start with an ally, can we? <laughs> but it, it, the cards have spoken. Oh my god. Okay. All right. It's an ally. Yes. And it's the Dunedain Watcher. It's the one we've chosen first both times. <laughs> It's, it's there's no getting away from it is what it is it is what it is now would you like to read the watcher sure <laughs> okay here we go again and I, uh, listen i do apologize because for you this is very much the first time you're hearing this <laughs> have we said what cards we're doing yes i just did leadership did. from the shadows of mirkwood that's the one <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all blurred into one in my yeah. mind. I mean, like, we, we, are, we are out of practice as well. This this is going to be, this is a bit, as much as we have recorded this, well, this is our third time round, it's still ramshackle. Oh, yeah. It will never be anything but. That's not a good day. It'd be disappointing if it wasn't. Okay. An ally from the leadership cycle. No, from the leadership sphere. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, the Dunedain Watcher. She is an ally. She has a cost of three. She has willpower for one. She has attack for one. She has defense for one. She has two hit points. She is very well-rounded. And that's not just a comment on the artwork. Look at your face. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) No, no. Well, comment on the artwork. Yeah. I mean, she is clearly watching. Very much so. You know, it's just like a couple of distraction tactics there. But is she, what's she doing? She's gutting a fish. I think she's playing with a knife, isn't she? What is that under her hand? 
just I'm silence. Not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. You know, I, I just assumed that was like a knife or something. But now looking at it closer, I'm not entirely sure. It looks like she's stabbing. Well, I don't know. <laughs> she, she's watching two things at once. She is. That's, that's how amazing at watching she is. She can like you know kill a bug on the table with a knife. Like that, that is not a bug while watching. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know what it is. Do you know what I would say? I would not mess with the Duna Dime Watcher. Oh, no. Oh, no. But should we... She's she's cold. (laughs) Should we mention what she does? She is Duna Dime. And she has a response. It says, discard Duna Dime Watcher from play to cancel the shadow effects of a card just triggered. Okay. Now, this is pretty tasty. I mean, okay, cost of three, not particularly cheap, but you get yourself an ally that can do a bit of everything. Yep. And will certainly survive, you know, a, a real all-rounder, as I mentioned, joking aside. And also as the ability to cancel shadow effects. Now, outside of Spirit, we have no other shadow cancellation. So this really is a great way to bring that into, into your deck if you're not playing Spirit. Um, yeah, sure, you have to discard her, but in a pinch, that can really save your bacon. Yeah, totally. Yep, I agree. And and the good thing is it's not exhaust and discard. So she could already have quested or already have defended. You, you, you know, so you don't waste her entire round no. if you do trigger that um, that ability. And obviously that's for, you know, you've got some really nasty shadow which is going to do something terrible to you. And that's why you discard. But yeah, 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 really yeah, decent ally, I think. And uh, this is interesting, actually. It's just the Council of Shadow effect accounts of the shadow effects of a card just triggered so if you um that doesn't necessarily have to be during the combat phase so if you have an enemy who attacks outside of the combat phase you can still discard doom dime watcher to cancel that shadow effect now i'm not so sure that the spirit card the spirit card is remind me <laughs> test of will no test of will is when revealed about hasty that- stroke no hasty um, <laughs> I think it's hasty stroke. Hang on, hasty. St- oh, yeah, hasty don't, stroke. Don't Google hasty stroke. You get some strange results. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> no, but you have hasty stroke with you there. I, I might do actually. Hold on, because if that's during the combat phase, like if that's a combat action, then Doom Watcher is. Uh, I've got it here. It says, yes, the hasty yeah. stroke says it's a response. Cancel a shadow effect just triggered during combat. Yeah. Oh, but that's but only in the combat phase. No, but actually it doesn't say... Well, it doesn't say combat phase. No, just during combat. Oh, blimey. That's a tricky one. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're in combat, doesn't matter. It doesn't say anywhere it was in combat phase or anything like that. Yes, it's during combat. Yeah, if you're defending an attack which happens because a um, a, a when-revealed effect is forcing an attack from the staging area, for instance, from an enemy, you know, during staging, you reveal a, an enemy and it has when-revealed, this enemy performs an immediate attack, for instance. That's still combat, isn't it? You still declare a defender. Is that, yeah, is that, yeah, I would think so. I would think so. That's how I would treat it. And, dear listener, I would not think about it anymore. <laughs> because I'm known never to make mistakes in this game. We mustn't dwell on it either, because now we've gone on to discussing spirit cards, which I think we did a, 
quite a few episodes ago. Um, oh well, especially from the core set. <laughs> yeah. Well, every time you think about these cards, you think of other you know, little rules and stuff or how they might not work. Oh, I didn't think about it that way before. <laughs> so, oh, that's and it, I yeah. think it's, it's best not to look. Don't look under a rock. You'll just find bugs and spiders there. <laughs> Leave a rock. Walk on. <laughs> so that said, Doom I Watch her. I like her. She's great. Yeah. Double thumbs up for the Doom Dine Watcher, for sure. And um, we are going to be coming across more sort of Doom Dine based uh, cards in this set as as you reveal them from your random deck there. And uh, and we will discuss who the Doom Dine were because we, we, we looked it up last time. Yes, we did. We kind of knew. Well, well yeah, we did. We? Yeah, actually. Now we can just pretend that we knew perfectly. Yes. <laughs> but we, I still can't quite remember. No, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Shall I reveal the next card? Reveal the next card. Okay, the next card is an event, and it's Campfire Tales. And Campfire Tales has a cost of one, and it has an action. Each player draws one card. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. And so that is really nice, especially if you're playing multiplayer. Oh, that yeah. That's super. For a cost of one, if you're playing three or four players, everybody gets a card. Yeah, I think that's a really... Yeah, it's powerful. Card. Yeah, I mean, it's like you say, in multiplayer, that's great. I mean, but I would also just pay one to draw a card because, you know, why wouldn't I? <laughs> yes, you do love drawing a card. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, if you, this is in leadership, and then chances are, if you're playing leadership, you have Shield of Gondor yeah. somewhere. You're not going to be short of resources. So why not just put that in your deck? You want to dig through your deck to find a specific card you need? Pay your one, get one card. And as soon as you get into a two-player game, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think a solo, you just swap a resource for a card, you know, as simple as that. And that's just a very useful tool to have. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Now, these tales that are being told. Yes. So, you've got two hobbits listening. Intently. Intently. Now, is this Aragorn speaking here? Or is it... Actually, yeah, it probably is one of the Dunedain, isn't it? Um, ah, this yeah. Dunedain-y. Dunedain-based uh, set of cards here. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we go for our checklist for Aragorn, which we did once before, which is a man, long dark hair, he doesn't have a horse and he doesn't have a sword. So he's, he's only got 50% of the Aragorn traits. But there are hardly any men with long hair in Lord of Rings. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Very true. Because <laughs> Well, the, only, the other one that comes to mind, of course, is the... Um, the one that we there was another card, wasn't there? Similar artwork with um, who was the elf who? Oh, yeah, who um, they met right right near the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Glorfin, no, not Glorfindel. Not Glorfindel, Gildor, 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 and Glorian. That's the one. Well, yeah, I don't think well, it's him. He, is it? he was talking. Yeah, because he uh, is the count, uh, council of Gildor. Gildor's council. Gildor's council. Gildor's council also has artwork of them sat around the fire, telling stories. Go oh, get in council. There's a little quote on this card. Yes. And it says, It is a fair tale, though it is sad, mm. as all the tales of Middle-earth, and yet it may lift up your hearts. And that was Strider, Fellowship of Ring. I think we can safely say... that <laughs> <laughs> this is Eric, or Strider, more to the point, telling the tale. Yeah. It's on their journey from, from Bree, I should imagine. Mm, Bree. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I feel quite hungry. Okay. But yes, yeah. good card. Good card. Good utility. Okay, shall I flip over the next one? Do it. 
We have another event. Oh. And it is Rear Guard. <laughs> Would you like to read this one? or Sure, sure, sure. So Rear Guard is another event, as you say. It's a cost of one again. And it has a quest action. So this time definitely can only happen in, in the quest phase. And it says, discard a leadership ally to give each hero committed to this quest plus one willpower until the end of the phase. Hmm. Well, I I like it, but you know what I'm going to say. Well, not because I've said it before. Because <laughs> I can't remember if I said it before. But I'm going to say, this has got Snowborn Scout written all over it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a bit like... Uh, I didn't notice this the last two times <laughs> we did it. But it's it's basically Faramir's ability, except you just don't you don't exhaust him, you discard it. But yeah, absolutely someone like Snowborn Scout, perfect. He's come in. Yeah. Well we've we found uses for the Snowborn Scout in previous episodes. Love he's that a bit, guy. bit of a legend. He's the linchpin of all our decks. Yeah, this is yet another one. <laughs> you know, he's not gonna do anything else. No. But he can give you a massive boost for a quest. Yeah. Yep. As he trots off into the sunset. Yeah. It's not quite the same as Faramir, by the way, because this one gives plus one willpower to each hero committed to the quest. Oh, you're right. Apologies. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't read that. You, you've got to not read the words again, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I must start getting better at that. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of mistake, because my mind will think, ooh, it's plus one for everybody. Yeah. And off yeah, I yeah. go. Yeah. And then I'll never look at it again. Ah, plus one willpower. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I completed that very easy actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With your three steward of Gondors. <laughs> yeah. And my collecting resources each phase each each phase. <laughs> that was a good one. Um so rear guard. So yeah, very useful. Now I'm pretty sure one thing I do remember is that we were both fans of the artwork on this one as well. Oh yeah. Look at that. It's fantastic. Mysterious, moonlit woodland. I mean, what is not to love? Yeah. But is he the rear guard? Is he, does he represent the ally that you're discarding? So is he staying back? Everyone else is going forward? Yeah, well, that's the theme of this card, isn't so it? So everyone's going forward and you're staying back and you're keeping the forces of evil at bay. Yeah, sacrificing yourself. To allow the heroes to get a step further forward. Yeah, that's the theme of the card. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's beautiful, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you see, just it's just, just you think it's just a throwaway one cost simple event. No, just a little bit of thought, a little bit of thought into the theme of it, and then suddenly it's like this guy's a hero. That snowboard scout, he's done it again. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's similar to the Dunedain Watcher in theme as well, where she's a watcher. So the shadow, she'll spot that first, and again sacrifice herself to prevent that thing from happening. So, yet yeah. more spectacular theming, I think, on these cards. Oh, it's lovely. It's wonderful. Wonderful. There you go. All right, let's uh, okay. let's let's move forward, because the rear guard is allowing us to do so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we get free cards now. Okay. Well, actually, funny I say that because the next one is Dunedine Quest. Oh. Okay. Now, kind of tempted to group a few here, but maybe we won't. Um. So. Dune Quest is an attachment and it's got a cost of two and it's a signal. And the text reads, attached to a hero. Attached hero gains plus one willpower. Action, pay one resource from attached hero's pool to attach Dune Quest to another hero. Yeah. So 
this one gets a lot of play from me. In fact, there's a couple of similar ones which are going to come across in a second. Just really useful. You just pay a small amount of resource just to boost the yeah boost your your, your hero's numbers basically. Yeah, I mean for me, uh, I find it a touch too expensive. Two for just one extra willpower. I mean, I, it's a permanent boost, and you can move it from hero to hero. But moving willpower from hero to hero for the cost of one. I mean, I'm not worried about the resources because, like I mentioned, we're we're in leadership here, so chances are you're rich. Um. So you basically pay two to get it out and then move it around. The only real reason to move willpower around is for some... Let's say you're playing uh, Dead Marshes, for instance, and you've got that escape test coming up. That's a good reason to move it onto another hero, oh, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a very niche reason, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, you pay your two. Like I say, you're not short of resources, and then you've got a permanent boost for your willpower. Yeah, sure, why not, actually? You know what? I think all the times I've played this and the, and the other ones like this... Um, I don't think I've ever moved it. <laughs> I think I always forget about that that action. Yeah, and I mean, just treat it as a. It's the sort of thing that you do it at a pinch, and it, you sort of realise you can do it at the last minute when you're trying to desperately eke out a win. You go, wait a minute, I can move this somewhere else, <laughs> and I can beat it, and then that's a oh, glorious yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly the kind of thing I wouldn't think of because I haven't remembered <laughs> the card properly. <laughs> Word on the artwork for this one as well. So this guy's got quite a moody looking Dunedine with a scroll, which I assume has got a quest on it. For me, it just looks like saying, all right, Gov, quest for you. Got a quest for you. Got a quest for it. It's going to cost you two. Here's your quest. Here's your quest. No questions asked. Give us two two of your resources. I've got 12 more to deliver in these today. (laughs) But I could just give this one to my mate. You don't have to give it. It'll cost you another one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not for transfer i'm afraid <laughs> i mean you could do it but it's gonna cost you <laughs> chuck me a resource and i haven't seen it right <laughs> he has got the look about him as sort of a, a sort of jobbing actor that might turn up in in the bill or uh <laughs> or, or other late 80s but he's a, he always Bridges, plays the same Bridges kind of character. Dramas. Yeah, and the bill. He's he's a, he's the postman. More than love. Got a quest for you. More bills. More bills. In that, that's why it's called the bill. Exactly. Sorry. Okay. You, you were a, you were a step ahead of me. I thought I was being so witty, but no, I wasn't. I was just confirming your own joke. Okay. Shall we have the next card? Let's do it. There's not much more to say. I mean, it's good. It's good. It's a touch pricey, but it, it's it's good. From a touch pricey to something which will be very pleasing to you, sir. We have an event with a cost of naught. Oh, cost of naught. And it is parting gifts. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, parting gifts, an event. So you, you heard me getting excited because I know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so this part of this is an event cost of naught and it has an action it says move any number of resource tokens from one leadership hero's resource pool to any other hero's resource pool now before we get on to how insanely useful that action is for a cost of naught let's just talk about the artwork straight away well <laughs> 
This is like one of those pictures in a puzzle book where you've got to spot a whole bunch of it. So much going on. There's much more of a meets the eye when you first look at this. You think it's kind of a throwaway bit of artwork. But but no. There's a lot of gifts. And, um, you know, are these gifts... It's, it's, it looks like it's from a hobbit hole by the looks of it. You see the round window there. So are these perhaps... Bilbo's gifts that he's giving because he's parting, or are these people leaving and these are your gifts for for leaving? Please leave. Here's a gift. I think this is somebody leave because like all the the cupboard's empty. Exactly, and it's, it's definitely these have these gifts have not been wrapped by orcs or <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's elf or hobbit, isn't it? And it's not you know, an elf would just do one color for all of them. That that's hobbits. This wrapping. has got Hobbit written all over it's got it. has got Hobbit written all over it. If it's a Hobbit hole, yeah, somebody's left and they've left gifts for people. And yeah, yeah. very neat notes. On, very neat notes. The they they do kind of look like post-it notes, and I'm not sure there were post-it notes in the original uh, Lord of the Rings. I will have to go back and look it up. Maybe it's in the appendices. Yes. <laughs> I just... No, couldn't think of it again. <laughs> post-it, post-it notes are fascinating, by the way. Post-it notes. They came about from a publisher. I mean, maybe this is all just hearsay, and and, and uh, but I, I'm taking it as gospel that a, a publisher was was um, may, well, maybe it's not a publisher, but someone who produced books. I mean, that is pretty much the definition of a publisher. But they actually <laughs> produced the, they physically produced the books, and they um, they had a glue for gluing the pages into their softback books. And they made the books and they got the glue and they got the finished book. And it just, when they started turning the pages, it held together as a book. When they started turning the pages, they found that they could just peel off the page. They went, well, this is ridiculous. This is an absolute waste. You know, we can't sell books where you can peel the pages off. And some bright spark went, no, you can't, but you can sell this as a brand new piece of stationery and we'll call it a post-it note and it will change the way we stick things up in offices. (laughs) And it did. (laughs) Now, I don't know how true that story is, but it was nice. And if if, if I've made that up, you're free to run with it. Uh, That's gospel truth as far as I'm concerned. I've never heard it before, but I'm... Utterly convinced. It couldn't have happened any other way. No, no, no. No one could actually. No one could actively conceive the idea of a post-it note. It had to happen by chance. Yes, correct. It's just too. Yeah, it's just too much in the grey area, isn't it? To... Oh yeah, you're trying to think. What can we do with this? Yeah, someone just stuck it on somebody, didn't they? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh no, I can't stick yeah. this anywhere. Yeah, I can stick this anywhere. And but people. And then someone said, "Well, what's the point of sticking pages of a book up around?" And they said, no, that's not my point. So what you do is you write kick me on it and you put it on someone's back. Hey, McFly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I've learned about the history of the post-it. Have you? <laughs> or have you just heard a story about one? And you, and you would never have been able to play that game where you have to write the famous person. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. And you stick it on someone's forehead and everyone else can see it and they can't. Well, you yeah. have to guess who you are. Yeah, I mean, you can use tape. Yeah, sounds a bit. <laughs> it's a bit far fetched. <laughs> yeah, a bit too much. Just gonna put this tape on your head. I mean, the post-it is obviously fine. <laughs> yeah, it's glue. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. it's fine to put glue directly yeah. onto your skin. Isn't tape glue as well? Probably yes. 
Well, what else would it be? <laughs> exactly. <It'd> be <laughs> magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why post-its are invented in Middle Earth. <laughs> it was wrapped by Bilbo and and noted by Gandalf. Gandalf, yeah. Gandalf's notes. Okay, yeah. Here, you've left a lot of those notes around again, Gandalf. <laughs> Exciting the children with your notes. Notes notes and fireworks. That's what he's all about. And and pipe weed. What a guy. These parcels do look terrific, Dave. They look fantastic. And there's one particular one which it's already had a mention today. <laughs> but there's one right there in the middle which can only possibly be a baguette. It is clearly a baguette. And it's clearly a brie baguette. It surely, it can't be, it surely can't be anything else. No. It is a baguette. I thought the same thing though, when I saw this. Why is there a baguette wrapped up? It must be really... It's like the family heirloom. Yeah. It's a delicious baguette, but must never be eaten. I've wrapped the pictures. I've wrapped the box. That's a, that's a, a, sort of a vase for Auntie Marjorie. Well, um, are, you, are you talking about the purple one? Which one? What's the one next to the baguette on the on the table? Like the purple or Ooh, pink yeah, one? Oh, yeah, but that's a, that's a little sack of something. What is that? Christmas pudding. Oh, lovely. What is it? I'm going to go with Christmas pudding. So you've got a Christmas pudding and a baguette. Oh, that's like, that's almost my favourite meal. <laughs> Such hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this card. Shall I just read it out again, just in case people have forgotten? from 15 minutes ago <laughs> action move any number of resource tokens from a leadership hero's resource pool to any other hero's resource pool now this is terrific again for a cost of naught leadership is going to be rich they always are you can move this to if you're playing single player you can move it to your law hero you can move it to your tactics hero whoever you need to get those resources to and if you don't have a song but if you are playing two player this thing just explodes you just move your resources across the table and yeah it's it's fantastic who needs some money yeah i'm trying to remember a time when we played two player when you've actually done that oh no i wouldn't do it to you (laughs) he'd expect it the other way Yeah, get your own resources, mate. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> a scrounger. <laughs> no, but how how useful genuinely is that? I mean, you know, it's terrific. Somebody's got a Gandalf that they need to play, or something. Whatever the situation could be, you know, that that's so useful. Um, so yeah, because I think we've all been in a situation before where you have one hit particular hero who's just managed to generate a whole bunch of resource, and sometimes you have a bit of a surplus. You think what it's a bit of a waste, isn't it? You can't get the cards out enough to yeah. to actually um, spend it. So that's an unbelievably useful card. What I'm most pleased about is the fact that I've now got you using the word "naught" without irony. Oh no! Yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in for naught. <laughs> all in for naught. Yes. Okay, so let's part parting gifts. Part ways with parting gifts. Yes. Is it my turn to read one? Well, you well, your turn, certainly your turn to draw one and then read it. Okay, I'm going to say next one. It's another attachment. Okay, and it's for Dunedain Cash, Cache, Cash, Cash, Cache, Cash. I, I would say Cash. Cache. It's not Johnny. It's not Johnny Cache. <laughs> no, but it's 
you, you, you're absolutely correct. I, I can't argue with that. It is, Thank you. It is not Thank you. Johnny Cachet. End of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, so uh, <clears throat> Dunedain, Johnny Cachet. Dunedain, Johnny Cachet has um, a cost of two. And it is my favourite category, an item. Mm-hmm. And it says, attached to a hero. Attach hero gains ranged. Action, pay one resource from attach hero's pool to attach Dunedain cash to another hero. So, again, similar to the Dunedain quest, we saw a couple of cards go. Yeah. Again, a cost of two. But this one is obviously geared, to, I think, towards two-player. Yeah, it has to be, of course. I mean, it's it's, it's a range. I mean, we, the only time where ranged comes into play as a, in, in a single player game is when you have those annoying birds and bats and things that can only be attacked by a, a ranged yeah, character. But sometimes really useful if you do have one of those because they can really get you. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not sticking doing a dying cachet into my <laughs> into my deck just purely for that one moment. I've never played this in a two player game. I'm not sure I've played this in a one player game either if I'm completely honest. But I am seeing it's that action about paying one resource to move it to move it could be really useful in a two-player game yeah you could bounce it across the table to basically bounce it across the table, yeah exactly it's like it's your turn to attack now you help me and then when it's your when it's your turn yeah. to attack i'm playing both parts here <laughs> yeah <laughs> then, then you, you can help me back it, it, yeah. it's expensive though isn't it again or, or you have a really nasty enemy which you just need help with from across the table Otherwise, it's going to have another attack on you. It yeah, take yeah, you down, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, but then surely you just imagine. Imagine if, if, if you know, um, you're attacking. You, you know, you, you've you've got a troll mm. or something which is going to absolutely mully you, and you're attacking it. And I've got a souped-up Gimli on my side of the table, which can just help you just completely take him out of that go. You'd gladly pay for one resource to flick that across the table. So yeah. Can, well, actually, do you know what I'm thinking of now? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Dude, don't <I'm> watch you. <laughs> yes, yes, you've you, 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 you lost focus, John. Come on, back in the room. <laughs> no, I'm thinking what these attachments do, which allow you to move them, is it's allowing you to play an attachment out of the um, resource phase. Resource phase. So when you play attachments. <laughs> Yeah, whatever that phase is called. The phase where you're allowed to play attachments right at the beginning of the round. This allows you to play those attachments. As long as you've already got them out, just get them out. Get them on someone during that phase. And then you can move them around as and when you need them, which is the only time that I can think of that you can move attachments and get them into the positions you need out of that phase. It takes a lot less pre-planning. You're paying that little that premium to be able to sort of adapt your playing field. Oh, yeah. So any action window. Yeah, any action window you do. So, you know, in between attacking, defending, whatever it is, you can do it. Yeah, totally. Personally, this is still too expensive for me, but it's because I don't play enough multiplayer to see it as such a a vital thing to have ranged ranged characters. I think it's quite cool that in the artwork, you see it's a... It's a cache. It's a cache. It's a cache of... Arrows, yeah, from the cash and carry, I'd imagine. And uh, so, bow and arrows, which is the ranged weapon. So, whoever has that has ranged. I like it. Oh, yeah, I mean, thematically, it's wonderful. I mean, the Dunedain 
they've come down. So the Dunedain. Okay, let's quickly mention it because so the Dunedain, they are the race of race of men and ladies, but the race of men, as in not elves and dwarfs, um, that um, descended from Numenor. Descend that they are descendants of Numenor, exactly as Isildur was, and yeah, and then Isildur's father, who got killed in the battle against Sauron. Oh blimey! Yeah, <laughs> Isildur senior, Elendil, Elendil. That was oh. the shards. Was that the shards of Elendil? Wasn't that the sword? Elendil, so yeah. So so if the shards of the sh- shards of Narsil, isn't it? Oh, Shards of Narsil, yeah. Shards of Narsil, but Elendil is the king who is a descendant ah, of Numenor okay, yeah. who gets killed by Sauron. And then yeah. Isildur... All the words are in Is- there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the words are very similar. And then yes. Is- Isildur picks up the Shards of Narsil and cuts the ring from the finger of Sauron. Yeah. Yeah. And then we all know what happens next. <laughs> what happens? No, no. Okay, so... So and right and they are descendants of Numenor and these are the Dunedain, and they went north and south. If I if I and and ah, Aragorn, I thought they just went north. You might be right. I I, I don't. No, trust I'm, I'm me. almost certain <laughs> that they split because it's it's. <laughs> we did I thought they beca- yeah go on. <laughs> so they went because Aragorn is is a Dunedain of the north. And then the Dunedain of Arnor, son of Arnor. He's a card from the corset. That's right. And then Ooh. there's also the Dunedain from the, who are in Gondor. And actually, I think like the kings of Gondor, they're the Dunedain as well. And there are a few Dunedain men still there. And I actually think that even like the current stewards of Gondor, um, not only are they collecting two resources every round, <laughs> but they are also, I think, the descendants of Numenor as well. And I think they are also of Dunedain blood. Yeah, but I don't think... Okay, this is where my knowledge... Yes, they all came from Numenor. And that's why they've got the long life and all of that jazz. But <laughs> are they Dunedain? I thought, when they, didn't they call the Dunedain the ones who split off and went to the north? No, those are the, those are the rangers. One of them rangers. And those those are the Dunedain Rangers. I thought that was just a job. <laughs> but, <laughs> hang, but hang on, wait a minute. But Faramir is a ranger. Yeah. He's a Dunedain Ranger. But would all the Dunedains Rangers? Maybe is they Faram- were. Is but... Faramir a Dunedain Ranger as well? Though? No, 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 no. He's not a Dunedain. He's just a ranger. He's a Gondorian Ranger. But the Dunedain... Okay, so I don't know. But what I remember was I thought they had a common heritage from Numenor, but I thought the Dunedain were the ones who, who went north and the Gondorians I think they were split. in the south. I think they split. But yeah, I, I, yeah but, they split. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they split. Oh, okay. Oh, so I agree then. But, but, but <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the guys in Gondor, you'd call them Dunedain. No, okay, fair enough. I think. I think you call the Dunedains the one who went off separately, but they all descended from Numenor. Right. We're gonna have people listening to this jumping up and down saying you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Oh, we have no right we have no right making this podcast. No, we absolutely don't. So please let please listener, let us know where we went wrong. Actually, maybe don't. That's gonna be Yeah, maybe maybe not maybe itself. not with this one. But basically, the Dunadine, they, they 
the Dúnedain, they are the northern ones. We think they became the Rangers. They're up there. Yeah. And they, yeah, they yeah. were definitely, and that that's a Silidor's. That's a Silidor's there. That's Aragorn, basically. Yeah. yeah, and and others. Um, <laughs> that was the original title for Lord of the Rings. Aragorn and others, <laughs> and friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and you shall be known as Aragorn and friends. Yeah, so be it. <laughs> it was like, uh, uh, Elrond. <laughs> let's uh, let's try that again, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> maybe we could. Uh, Anyone else? <laughs> Anyone have another go? Hello, the ship. nine people. Hello, ship. <laughs> um, okay, so these all these Dunedain cards, these represent the Dunedain helping us out. But they're like, they're watching us. You know, they're checking, like you say, they're not necessarily getting directly involved. They're watching, they're helping, they're, they're sorting out the shadows. And then we've got the, they're leaving a bow and arrow. You know, this will help you. Yeah, yeah. And because they know the land. Yes, yes. They know and where the, to and, keep it, where to hide it. And the quest is just some guy. It's just some guy going, here, i got a quest for you. Yeah, you're lad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a grumpy man, but he makes a, he makes a steady dollar. But he never ranges. <laughs> he's one of them. You know what I mean? He's an administrator. Yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, well, I think we've cleared up who the tuna died were. <laughs> yeah, yes. Hope that's clear for everybody listening. Thank you very much. Shall we move on to the next card? Please. Oh, Dawn, take you all. Over to you, John. Ah, oh, well, okay. I, I know this has turned into an artwork special, but this, oh. without a shadow of oh. a doubt, is my favourite artwork in this whole set. So uh, I know it is an audio podcast, but please do open up RingsDB whilst we're talking and have a look at these cards as we're discussing them. It will, one, help you understand what the hell we're talking about. And two, the, just spending a bit of time looking at the artwork whilst you're not playing the game. Just appreciate some of these pictures. It's just sensational. And this one, it's a foresty scene and the light, well, it's the dawn, obviously, is breaking through the trees and the undergrowth it's just yeah. it's just it's just a thing of beauty like light through trees i think we are both absolute suckers for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing yeah it's yeah just evokes so much yeah fantastic that who's on this one that's um ben swifel good work ben thank you ben so dawn take your cost of two it's an event and it says this play after shadow cards have been dealt before any attacks have resolved and that's just a statement and then it has a combat action each player may choose and discard one face down shadow card from an enemy with which he is engaged okay so yeah the initial statement means that you can't play this until the shadow cards are on the table and then at that point during the combat phase only in this case you can then play this and remove one of those cards. Now, the reason it says one is we, we have had a few enemies which can take more than one shadow card, and they are nasty, but you only get to remove one. Boy, oh boy, for such beautiful artwork, this is not going anywhere near my deck. At a cost of two. It's far too expensive and far too random. 
I'd rather find some way to cancel the shadow rather than just uh, randomly removing one. But how would you cancel it? I would I would use the Dunedain Watcher. <laughs> and if the Dunedain Watcher isn't around, that costs free. <laughs> that, that is true. That's true. No, but I tell you what, I would say, and just reading it through again, again, in multiplayers, this is golden. Yeah, each player, yeah. Each player may choose and discard one face down shadow card from an enemy with which he is engaged. See, I think this card is, again, one of those ones where you're on the brink or an enemy can really get you if he's got bad shadow to add to his attack. It's just a way to play it safe, isn't it? It is expensive, so you have to really plan it properly if you want yeah, to use it. but you don't it. know what that shadow is. You don't know if it's bad. Yeah, you could, so you could add that. So, okay, I know why you hate this. Because you could be in a situation where you end up having wasted your money. <laughs> well, yeah, but... <laughs> I wouldn't even look at it. I'd throw it away. I wouldn't even look at it. I wouldn't want to know. It's gone. No shadow. Dawn take you card. <laughs> and uh, I think I'd be fine with this. Having said that, I don't think I've ever played this card. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I'll defend this. Yeah, <laughs> on my honour. With all my might and on my honour. And call you out for it. John, <laughs> you don't play this because you're too tight. I, however, have never played it myself. <laughs> Complete hypocrite. <laughs> um, yeah, it's beautiful, though. I'm just going to frame it because it's not going to go in my deck, so I don't even need it in my binder. Little, oh, there you go. <laughs> little <laughs> tiny pictures. <laughs> on my in the wall. dark <laughs> um yeah no um it's too expensive in except for in a multiplayer game it's that simple yeah i think you're probably right it is interesting when you go through these cards it's really when we do this and talk about them that the multiplayer benefits come out of it when i just yeah. look through them myself i hardly ever think about you know in, in that context so yeah just discussing it like this does open the game up for from yeah. a multiplayer point of view yeah for sure and actually a lot of these cards in this set you can really see the uh the benefit of playing multiplayer and and, and I, especially these attachments that we're dotting around to you know where you can move it to another hero the ability to move that attachment to your partners or you know partner or three or four player games you know where you can really just move these cards around the table is really interesting and and again with the uh parting gifts like moving those resources to any other player you know what just looking through these cards again i think they're all geared to multiplayer just to recap quickly doing a dine watcher cancel the shadow facts of card just triggered doesn't matter which player any shadow card yeah yeah then you've got campfire tales each player draws a card every player so again multiplayer yeah you've got rear guard and this is why it's different to faramir's actually Give each hero committed to this quest plus one until the end of phase. It's not this players. Mm. It's all heroes. So if you have four players and you've got 12 heroes questing, just getting rid of the Snowborn Scout gives you plus 12 on that quest. Anyone listening in the future, in the past, we used to be allowed to have more than two people in your house at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Go and read it in the history books. <laughs> We're not making it up. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, yeah, absolutely. If you were if you were playing a four-player game, which doesn't happen that often, I, I I have done it once, and I have played a few three-player games in my time. This 
card just becomes incredible for the cost of one. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got the Doomdine Quest, which you can pay a resource to move to any other hero, not just your player's heroes. And the yeah. same goes for Doomdine yeah. Cash as well. Yeah. Parting Gifts, you can move resources to any other hero, any other player. Yeah. And finally, the one we just spoke about, Dawn, take you all. Um, each player may choose and discard. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we've cracked the code. <laughs> John, I think these are really geared to multiplayer games. Yeah. So just uh, just on our third attempt of recording this episode, <laughs> we've 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 discovered the theme of the uh, leadership cards in the Shadows of Macbeth cycle. It was meant to be. <laughs> All things happen for a reason. What about when this one crashes and goes wrong? Oh, <laughs> there's something else oh, we're missing. Oh, no, no, don't even say it. Don't even okay. say it. All right, moving swiftly on then. Please. Okay, next card. Ah, I thought never far from either of our hearts. It's second breakfast. Ooh. And this is an event with a cost of one. Action. Each player, again, each player, each player returns the topmost attachment card from his discard pile to his hand. So yet again, for the cost of one, that becomes more powerful the more players that you have. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's a bit niche, this. I mean, it's... (laughs) You you, you like this. Well, actually, I say that, but... No, sorry, I've I've cut you off, but what's just come into my head was probably what you were going to say, which is how many times do you actually get rid of attachments into your discard pile in the first place uh sometimes you have treacheries which get rid of them so yeah. it can be which are really annoying actually when that happens yeah and that's what i meant by it being a sort of a niche case is that yeah, if you know you're yeah. playing a quest where you're losing attachments and you've played that quest a couple of times you go oh god this enemy that keeps on or treachery this keeps on taking my attachments away i've got to do something about that then sure great and actually though i have just thought that if you were playing with a uh, with a spirit deck sorry, a spirit leadership deck, and you had Eowyn on the table, you could sort of tactically discard an attachment from your hand to boost Eowyn's willpower, then play Second Breakfast to bring that attachment straight back into your hand. So you don't waste a useful card, yeah. You don't have to lose a card to boost Eowyn. Little things like that make Second Breakfast. Little, it's a small combo card, and actually... For a cost of one, I kind of appreciate that. So actually, maybe I take it back. I think, I think if you have a deck which is geared towards discarding cards, then actually it could be very useful because then you could just tactically discard an attachment and bring it straight back to your hand. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I love second breakfast, and I like this card very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, but I've got to say something about the artwork on this one too. Well, yes, I I love this. So this is it's got to be Samwise Gamgee, isn't it's, it? It's got a touch of Sam about it, but it could also be it could also be Fatty Bulger, of course. Yeah, well, whoever it is, I think they've got a touch of the indigestions there, haven't they? They're sort of pressing their <laughs> pressing their chest a little bit. Ooh, you know, he's about to he's about to let rip for some kind of belch soon, isn't he? Look at him. He has had his fill, hasn't he? Oh yes, he has. That's great artwork. And this, oh yes, so this artwork is by. Magali Villeneuve. Ah, Magali. Magali. <laughs> My Hungarian-Canadian friend, allegedly. Now, I looked up Magali after last time when I said, when I said that, I've probably done this person a huge injustice, and indeed, I had. And Madame Villeneuve is actually French. 
and she's an amazing artist and I looked at some of her artwork and we've praised much yeah. of her artwork before on this um on this very podcast so if you do happen by the one in one in a million chance uh, my apologies <laughs> Madame Villeneuve <laughs> for, for getting that so but, no but seriously great we we do love Magali are we going with Magali now I think I, I don't well I don't know Magali Magali so again apologies <laughs> but at least I, at least I haven't made an assumption about where <laughs> your nationality <laughs> trying to be way too clever no but really <laughs> sensational work I mean yeah it's so cool I, lo- I love I love the way they got that kind of you know, remnants in the background as well. I got that that bottle, yeah. and you got you know, yeah, he's tucked in, he's tucked right in there, isn't he? He's enjoying. That's a that's a guy's enjoyed his second breakfast. <laughs> Very much looking forward to eleven Z's, <laughs> and then after that, a spot of brunch. Oh, <laughs> which we'll tied him over till lunch. What a life! What a life! Ah, uh, we were born to be hobbits, surely. <laughs> um, a little quote here. It, it just simply says he was just sitting down to a nice little second breakfast in the dining room. What are you up to? No, I'm just uh, settling down to a little second breakfast <laughs> in the dining room. He needed yeah. all of that space on the dining table. To... Ooh, just one more of these. Oh, God. I'm getting hungry, John. Oh, me too. Me too. I feel, I feel like... <laughs> This is the wrong time or the perfect time for this card to come up. Yes. <laughs> well, we're in the final straight of cards. Okay. Shall we move on? Please. <laughs> Please. And the next... Oh, we have another ally. Okay. And it's the Keen-Eyed Took. Okay. I'll take the Took. <laughs> He's an ally. He's a cost of two. Quest for one. Zero attack. Zero defense. That's naught, naught. It's a naught all draw. <laughs> and two hit points. <laughs> Kino Took, he's a hobbit, of course. And he has a response. After Kino Took enters play, reveal the top card of each player's deck. Okay. Action. So I like that bit. You know, enters play, you get a little sneak, what's coming next? Great. Action. Return Kino Took to your hand to discard the top card of each player's deck. Okay, now, I can't pretend that we haven't discussed this and come to blows already. <laughs> I think this guy is junk. Although, <laughs> although, <laughs> although I do like the fact that I could mess with you in two-player. That we could look at the card, you go, oh, I've got Gandalf next, great. And I go, great, I'm going to take Kino took back to my hand and you have to discard Gandalf. It's like, but Why? <laughs> It's like, just because I can. <laughs> um, well, what what you can do... Yes. Go on, sell it to me. You've tried you can, before. You've tried before. I've got a new one. <laughs> what you can do... Yep. You can play Keen Eye Duke. Yep. Everybody looks at their... So you pay two. Everyone yep. looks at the top post. Yep. Then you bring them back to your hand. Yep. And so everyone dis- discards that. We discarded, yep. Then you play Second Breakfast... Oh, if it up, was an attachment. And pick up the attachment. So for the mere cost of three, <laughs> for the mere cost of three, you get the attachment, which was going to come next anyway, into your hand, Fisco. Yeah, and you don't have an ally on the table. For, for, for the mere cost of three. But you don't have, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I mean, obviously you're joking because it's ridiculous. But, why, but you don't have the ally on the table. So, so you yes. don't even have 
the toque on the table. <laughs> well, again, so if you're, he's a keen-eyed toque, so he can see what's coming next. Correct. Right? If yeah. what's coming next is no good, you can get rid of it. If you're shouldn't desperate be, for it shouldn't be in your deck. But still, I understand. No, 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 no. Sometimes, what I mean sometimes is, things come up that you don't need then. No, no, what I mean is more of that there is something that you desperately need. Yes. You just yeah, need yeah. to get another card out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you call it? Not scrying. No, that's not that's not the same thing, is it? No. It's um you're just trying to burn some cards to, to get to something yeah, you're, you're desperate for. Churning through, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but overall, to be I'll be honest with you, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, not ma- a massive fan of Have you ever put him in a, in your deck? No. <laughs> I have not. No, but but let's just look at him for statistics. We've mentioned a cost of two. Yeah. He quests for one. No, I don't mind one willpower. One willpower is not a big deal for me. That's that's fine. You know, it's it's one extra willpower that can be handy. No attack, no defense, two hit points. I mean, all hobbits have two hit points apparently. But yeah, uh, <laughs> most hardy of folk. Two a cost of two. It doesn't do anything. Oh, I've got this card coming. I don't want it, so I'll put. Kino took back in my hand, so that's two resources I've wasted to discard a card from my deck. If I want to do it again, it will cost me another two. I mean, again, I, I have banged on that um, leadership is not shy when it comes to resources, but there's not shy and wasting money on the Kino took. Yeah. So I, I, I was going to formulate some arguments against that just for the sake of it, but... Uh... <laughs> I think you're kind of. I think you're kind of right. To be honest. I mean, but I do love the idea that you can mess with your playing partner. I, I genuinely love that. That's such a tookish thing to do. Yes, exactly. And if, I was going to say, if you're going to look for some sort of theming here, that's golden. The why toque... do you? Why do you always have to look? I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, I can't help I just it. Have to... <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got, I've got a good card coming up. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because and and the, and maybe you do want to discard a card from your deck. I do want to churn through my deck, and I'm going to do that. And in that, in, in by doing that, it forces you to lose your good card. That is such a tookish pain in the neck. See, th- this is. I'm so glad it cost two, because this is because listener, you will now, as you probably have gathered if you've listened to previous episodes, what John's attitude is during a two-player game. <laughs> Luckily, the pure stitch upness of that card is probably going to be put off by the cost of it. I'll so save up. Probably, I'll save up. Yeah. Oh, you make a special effort, but then you won't be able to quite do it. You're going to pay two. You sure you're going to pay two? You got Gandalf coming up in a minute. All I've got to do is say Gandalf, and you won't do it. No, exactly. No, he's, he's not. He's not going anywhere near my deck. There's a little quote on this one as well. Then something tookish woke up inside him. Yeah. The Hobbit. That's me. Well, my quote would be then something Turkish woke up inside him so i'm getting quite hungry for it and i'm really craving a kebab right now <laughs> it's woken the dragon's been awoken <laughs> just six more months and the uh, kebab houses will be open yes again. correct <laughs> <laughs> okay okay fool of the two coffee goes yeah last couple we're back three left so next card is an attachment this will be a quick one it's the dunadine mark this one only costs one. I've never met this guy, Dunedain Mark. Friends with Dunedain Johnny, I think. Yeah, and Barry. Dunedain, Dunedain Baz. <laughs> no, it's Dunedain Johnny, Cash, and Dunedain oh. Mark. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dunedain Johnny. 
Who's doing the dying quest? <laughs> what would be his name? <laughs> Is there a Johnny Quest? There should be. Yeah. <laughs> they got two Johnnies. If there isn't, we're making a 1980s retro cartoon based very roughly on Lord of the Rings. So it'll look like Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> and Quest. It, and it'll be called Johnny Quest Adventures of the Dunadine. <laughs> No, you'd have to spell it slightly differently, wouldn't you? Then you din. <laughs> for dinner, for dinner dine. And then you can bring in the food uh, aspect Second well. breakfast. Yeah. And it, his Achilles heel is he's Johnny Quest. The only thing that puts him off his quest is if there's food on offer and he can't resist. So he's like a mixture between a dune dine and a hobbit. Yes. A, a dobbit. Well, why, why are we saying this on a, on a, on a public <laughs> podcast? This is gold. <laughs> Okay, so hang on. I've, so, I've, I've completely sent you off on a tangent. So okay. we, it's an attachment. So hang on, wait, wait, wait one second. We got all right. Okay, Johnny Quest, Johnny Cash, and this is Johnny Mark. No, I'm getting all very confused. No, no, right. that's the guitarist out of space. It's, <laughs> it's, it's doing a dine, Mark. He cost. He has a cost of no, not him. Is it's an attachment. Um, a cost of one. It's a signal attached to a hero. Attach hero gains plus one attack. Um, okay. With an action, again, pay one resource from attach hero's pool to attach Dundine Mark to another hero. So, again, very similar theme to the others. You can see how this set is kind of building up there. Yeah. Does what it says right on the tin. So, yeah, but this one costs one. Dunadine yes. Quest, Dunadine Cash both cost two. This is much more reasonable. Pay one, get one more attack. Boom. Love it. Okay. <laughs> You're laughing at me, but this—it's serious. You know, you pay, it is another. It does you cost pay your one, one more. you get your attack, and you can move it over. I mean, you always say don't discount one when it's like one attack, one questing point. Yeah, yeah, also, absolutely. Same with, same yeah. with resources. Uh, yeah, it's true. This is a reasonably priced mark. <laughs> <laughs> you love a bargain basement, day. Honest Bill's bargain basement. Come on down. <laughs> well, got a deal for you, John. <laughs> to be fair, if we're talking pure um, consumerism here, in the Dunedine Quest, you're getting a scroll. So you've you've got a product for a cost of two. Dunedine Cash, you're getting a whole set of bow and arrows for two. That's, you know... Dunedine Mark, you're just looking at a, a marking on a rock. I'm only going to pay one. Hence for low cost. I'm only yeah. going to pay one for that. But actually, I do love the theming. Oh, so, so, so the, the Dunedine, he knows the land. So he's marked this rock. He knows that this is a good place to mount an attack from, you know. Exactly. You're yeah. in a good place here. So you know oh, that he's marked that. He has the high ground. He has the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's terrific. So that just gives you that plus one attack. You know, you just have that little little extra bit of knowledge. Yeah. Dark knowledge. No, no, sorry. So. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, Mark's done the business. <laughs> well done, and, Mark. And you can move it on again. And and yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that... You don't have to stretch your, your imagination too far about why it's useful to move an attack across. I mean, of course, with attacking, you can gang up, you know, when you make your attack, but it doesn't mean that you don't need to then move it on to a lone hero... Or onto your playing partner's hero for when they make their attack. So again, in multiplayer, this is golden. Yeah. Okay. So just got two left, and I 
think, if I've my memory serves, I think we're going to complete this kind of little set, which is similar to, to that one. All right. So the next one is Dunedine Warning. Dunedine Warning. Ah, well, cost of one, again, attached to a hero. It's a signal, again. And it says, attached hero gains plus one defense. Action, pay one resource from an attached hero is pulled to attach Dunedine Warning to another hero. Now, this one, I have, out of all these Dunedine attachments, this is the one which does find its way into my decks quite often. I mean, because the other things are good, especially, I do agree that the quest is good, that plus one willpower is always useful, but the two costs puts me off a little bit. Dunedine Warning for a cost of one, plus one defense is fantastic. Again, you just pay one, one extra defense. But... I genuinely think, even in a one-player game, the ability to pay one to move a point of defense amongst your heroes is invaluable because you can only defend with one character at a time. So you can defend with whoever's got the Dunedine Warning on them. They survive their attack. When the next defense comes up, you move that Dunedine Warning onto your next hero and they have that little boost on defense and that can be a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, you know, I've not really done that moving about thing on these, but I would say Dunedain Warning, Dunedain Mark, and Dunedain, which one's a quest, those three I've used really quite often in a lot of my decks. I just find them, all three of those just really, even one player, just really useful just to boost um, yeah. people's stats. But yeah, that's a really good point about moving the defense one, though, because you can only defend with one. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, re- that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, and you've got the resources, so just move it around. Keep your heroes alive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the artwork there, there's a warning etched in somewhere. Yeah, into the rock again. So again, great theming again. Do you think Mark has done that? Mark's more, uh, I think he um, he's more strategist, isn't he, in terms of attack? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, yeah. I mean, actually, there's a lot of Dunedines with knives sticking into things. You know, the watchers sticking a knife into a table. Got Mark sticking a knife into a rock, and someone previously has left us a warning. I'm trying to think of any. It's, it's good. Dunedine Shane. <laughs> <laughs> One for our Australian listeners, though. Yeah. <laughs> or any other cricket fans. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then the final card in the set, again, similar theme, is Dunedine Signal. Um, Again, it's an attachment, it's cost of one, and it's a signal, surprisingly. Uh, Attached to a hero, attached hero gains Sentinel. So this is obviously the inverse of of the cash. Action, pay one resource from attached hero's pool to attach Dunedine Signal to another hero. So again, actually this one, following on from what you were just saying before as well, especially in two-player, this could be a really useful kind of save your bacon kind of card if you need somebody to take a hit of an enemy, which is, you know, maybe you have to engage an enemy the way the engagement checks worked out or whatever, and you can't defend him, then you can just pay a resource to get this onto somebody. You're right. I think, yeah, the more you think about these cards, what you said earlier, the more you just get them out there, even if they're not they're kind of useful immediately, but they could become really useful if they just happen to be out and play yep. just to save your bacon in, in nasty situations. Absolutely. And this, this is a prime example of that, I think. Yeah, that's really good. 
Yeah, and I love that. I love that theme in the, the Duna Diner helping you out there. Well, in the field, you know, this is not preparation. You've got them out. And then at that time, you come across the Duna Diner signal and they can they can really help you out. Now, the Duna Diner signal really, again, only works in multiplayer because there's no other reason really to have Sentinel unless you're playing multiplayer. But what I would say is that you can get a couple of these cards on a single hero. So let's say you had the Duna Diner signal and the Dunedain warning on the same hero, you've got a Sentinel hero then with plus one defense. So you've then got a really powerful uh, hero that can defend across the table and then pick both cards up for the cost of two and move them onto the next player. And then that player can defend uh, for you if necessary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, super useful. The way I've used these cards before generally has been not to round out characters. It's been to make some of well, the things they're good at even more powerful yeah, so exactly so supersize like an, them yeah so like an eowyn with a couple of dunadine quests on her it's just absolutely ridiculous you know yeah uh, things like that um but yeah just doing this now yeah it's just so like i said earlier just opened up so many possibilities we'll have to have a we'll have to have a two-player at some point john we haven't done that in oh, we haven't done that for a little long. while uh, we yeah we have just uh, people are going what two player in a pandemic <laughs> um, but we we through through uh, a series of tripods and pulleys <laughs> yeah yeah it looks like <laughs> Doc's house in uh, Back to the Future <laughs> we have managed to play a few two player games by by mounting our phones above our tables and. Um, um, one basically, we 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 obviously we play the same quest. It's a two player game, but then one of us uh, controls the encounter deck, and then the other player uh, has the encounter cards at hand. So then, just sort of removes them from their deck as the one player controls the encounter deck. And it actually, it works pretty effectively. Yeah, yeah, it does actually, doesn't it? Yeah, you got to set it up. You know, it takes a little bit of time to get it set up, and it does take some discipline to do what when you're playing. But it does kind of work, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, in these circumstances, it's uh, well, it's the so, best we can get. Yeah, it's the best and thing. <laughs> actually, yeah, I, I've been surprised about how fun it is. I mean, yeah, it does take a little bit of commitment. And of course, it does take a bit longer than it would yeah. do if you were just sat across the table. And what we find, uh, if anyone wants to do that, is this, well, I think what we found useful is, so like you say, one person will control it and the other person will copy what's going on. So discard the same cards and all of that kind of stuff. But what's also useful is to have the other players' heroes out, especially. And if you can do allies as well, even better. But that just gets way too much. Yeah. If you have the heroes out, that does help to just so you can you know just see what's going on a, a bit better. Yeah, it does help if you can sort of see. Okay, well, this enemy has now gone. That's engaged with uh, with you yeah. across the uh, across the airwaves. So I could just move that enemy over to that hero. Okay, I understand that's where that enemy is now. Yeah, but it does work. It does work. So um, yeah. if you are hankering after a two-player game and you have a, you have <laughs> you have some mini tripods and some telephones at hand <laughs> then uh, then give it a go there's probably people who've done this way easier than we have so actually all you do is this <laughs> it's setting up contraptions balancing things like four-way zoom calls or whatever <laughs> feedback on the sound because they've got two speakers and two microphones in each room and oh my god yeah, yeah, it's all good fun, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a hobby. <laughs> it's a living. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. okay. Well, that's um, 
that's that's it with the cards. We've we've got we've got through all of the Merkwood leadership cards <laughs> at the third time of asking. Yes, I tell you what, some of those were a surprise. Were they to you as well? I'd never seen them before. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, great. I mean, it's still recording. I'm so happy. I mean, yes. fingers crossed. I tell you what, we we will don't, move don't, on. Don't to count a, your chickens. No, 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 no. We're going to move on to our regular parts of the show now, but we will not linger because. By Jove, I would like to get this episode released. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Relax. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we will... um, Oh, unless you have anything more to say about the leadership cards from the Shadows of Merkwood? I don't believe so. No, that's great. Well, actually, that's all the player cards now from the first cycle. We've done them all. Fantastic. So, Uh, So we've got one more episode left of this cycle, the last quest. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. and then there's a whole brand new cycle to get into. Yeah, that's exciting. A deluxe box. We'll have to work out how we're going to do that. Okay, that's that's yeah, for a conversation yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so moving on, we're going to move on to uh, what do we do normally do now? We normally do the fact of the week. <laughs> so <laughs> fact of the quarter. Yeah. So I wrote this down <laughs> a mere two months ago. Let me just open it here. So, this week's uh, fact of the week goes a little like this. It says, question, when should faint be played? Okay, so it seems like a bit of a simple <laughs> sounds question. sounds like a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> but let's read the answer in case there's something we're not understanding about this, uh, this fact here. Answer, this card should be played any time before resolving step one of the target enemy's attack during the combat phase. Yeah. Okay. And it says, once the act of resolving any enemy's attack begins, it is too late to prevent it from attacking with feint. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So actually, yeah, you need to basically, you can't see what the enemy's attacking for with its shadow cards and then decide to play feint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, that's that's why it's been asked. Okay, yeah, but to me that's very obvious, but maybe not to everyone. Okay, so basically if you're going to feint an enemy's attack, it's right at the beginning of the combat phase, basically. Yeah, when you choose your target, your enemy that's targeting you, you can faint it. Exactly. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's one I've been playing correctly all the time. Makes <laughs> it makes a change. <laughs> Had to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Episode um, fifteen. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I don't think there's any more that needs to be said about that. Okay, so now moving swiftly on to our share the love section. Now, I did actually have an online resource set up for this at Christmas time and we'll get to that on the next episode. What I want to do for this episode is um it's basically sharing the love back to Rings DB, which of course you say, well that's the very first one that you did. But uh we had a request on um I think it was on the Board Game Geek forum that it would be nice if we could put our decks that we oh, use yes. to beat the quests onto Rings DB. So I have done that, and by the look on M's face, he has not. I mean, he's only had <laughs> two months in which to do it. Maybe even three months. I was meant to do that in December. <laughs> Just, as soon as you said that, do you know what I felt? Uh, that horrible feeling that I haven't felt since I was a teenager, which is, oh, I haven't done my homework. That's the worst feeling in the world. 
Um, so, I mean, these these decks, that we're not saying that these decks are the be-all and end-all by any stretch of the imagination. These are just literally the decks that we use and then discuss when we talk about just going through the quest. So when we beat the quest or not, but we have beaten everyone so far, we will post that deck that we use and then discuss in the subsequent programs. Now, the easiest way to find these decks on RingsDB is to hit up ringsdb.com. And then if you go to deck lists, and then there's a search option. If you hit search, brings up a lot of categories that you can search by. And then if you just search in author name, late of the rings, all separate words, um, that will bring up the decks that we've published. I say we. (laughs) I'll get on it. I'll see if I can get some. Look, I've probably got a couple of days or something until this gets edited. Let's see if I can get one out before... uh... Before this goes to air. <laughs> um, I'm not making any promises. <laughs> but they are all there. And if you want to uh, if you want to see the decks that we've used, that's where they are. So uh, it's very self-centered, share the love. But actually, it, it was requested on, on the forum, like I said. And, and yeah, I think it's a nice idea. So uh, feel free to take a look and let us know what you think. Cool. <laughs> My decks, you'll see, are very concise, very focused. M's decks, I've yet to see in the flesh, but I'm presuming they take up quite a lot of room. Oh, God. What, shall I incl- keep the sideboards in there too? Yeah, massive. <laughs> no. No sideboards. You, you, you okay. have to refine. I'll trim them. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should, it should actually just be the deck you use to beat the quest. I think that's fair. Okay. Leave it with me. <laughs> um... Okay, well, forgive me for wanting to wrap this up sooner rather than later. <laughs> but yes, I've but just... it's been a really brief podcast. Let's <laughs> <laughs> rush through it again. <laughs> um, but uh, unless you have anything else to add, I think it's time we wrap this up. Cool. <laughs> no, I, 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 I was being brief. Okay, I'll take that as a no. You have nothing else to add. I mean, so next episode, which we promise, promise will not be in two months' time, as in it will be less than that, um, will be the final quest, as you mentioned, which is Return to Mirkwood. Return to Mirkwood, yes. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to playing again. I played it last week. Oh, look at you. But I'll leave that to you. <laughs> I shouldn't have been spending that time, but my decks are ring TV. <laughs> Um, okay well I will endeavour to play it soon and then uh, as you've already played it we'll hopefully record again uh, very soon alright well with that all it leaves me to say then is thanks again for listening thank you for sticking with us after our long gap away and uh, take care of that and until next time goodbye goodbye goodbye